Hello, my name is Craig Whiteside. I'm at the Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey, California. I'm talking with my research partner, Herrero Ingram, from George Washington University's program on extremism. He's my co-author on the ISIS Reader. Welcome, Herrero. Hey, Craig. Great. Uh, I got a few questions for you. Uh, first question, it's been a year since the Islamic State has installed a new, a, a new so-called caliph. How do you assess the current state of the Islamic State global insurgency? Yeah, well, look, this was the key question that we were trying to answer in our new paper for the International Center for Counterterrorism in The Hague. Um, and it was titled The Islamic State's Global Insurgency and Its Counter-Strategy Implications. And we put that paper together as part of the ICCT's 10-year uh, anniversary special edition. And I guess if I was to summarize the current state of the Islamic State global insurgency, it would be vulnerable but resurgent, global in its aspirations, but very much cognizant that the battles in this global war are going to need to be won locally. See, to understand the Islamic State in 2020 and to try to project how it would likely evolve into the future, we need to consider three trend lines related to history. That is, what can the past tell us about those strategic, operational and ideological precedents? those habits that kind of form grooves of practice and culture and mentality over time, uh, their strategy. So what are the strategic principles that guide the Islamic State's activities? And thirdly, uh, organizational. What traits characterize the Islamic State as an organization? What are its strengths and what are its vulnerabilities? And so in this piece, um, for history, we drew heavily on the ISIS reader. Uh, for strategy, we look to the Islamic State's approach to guerrilla warfare. And regarding its organization, we argue that the Islamic State is at its core an adhocracy, which means it's flexible and dynamic, but vulnerable to extremism on its fringes, and also to being overstretched during times of transition. And so by bringing together those historical, strategic, and organizational levels of analysis, our overall finding, I guess our central argument in the paper, is that the Islamic State is best understood as a global adhocratic insurgency. And it now faces challenges and opportunities that are unique in the context of its history. First and foremost, it has a global enterprise to manage. And what it offers its affiliates is a brand, but also core sets of ideological and strategic principles to shape how those local actors engage in war, politics, governance, and propaganda. This in turn allows the Islamic State to use the activities of its affiliates as fodder for its central media units, projecting that image of a coherent global insurgency when the reality is, of course, far more complex. And what we do in that paper is then lay out a strategic framework for how to confront um, the Islamic State. Great. Um, you were recently on a team that analyzed the new caliph Abu Ibrahim's interrogation reports from 2008. What is what is what you learned about those reports? Tell us, uh, along with the leadership succession from Abu Bakr to Abu Ibrahim, about the future of the movement and the resilience. I think there's a lot that we learn um, about Al Mola, um, the apparent new caliph, uh, from those tactical interrogation reports. Of, uh, not only about his background, but his education in Mosul University. Um, in Islamic studies, 
and according to his testimonies, the various roles that he held uh, in the group, from Sharia trainer to General Sharia Amir to the Deputy Wali, um, all before he was captured um, and detained in Bukha. Um, but I think that the most important thing we learn about Amwala is that he is a rat. Um, he was a snitch who betrayed dozens of members to interrogators and contributed really to the gutting of the group um, um, by identifying those members who were then um, um, captured and killed. Uh, if Mullah is the caliph, with this information being released, um, he really represents a vulnerability for the Islamic State. Um, but only if um, those opportunities um, are exploited. And in a recent piece for foreign policy, uh, we lay out um, a case for how Mullah's status as a known rat can be exploited and undermined. And, you know, the to leadership succession question, I mean, this is a process which the Islamic State has followed since Zarqawi. Um, Abu Ibrahim emerged um, in the aftermath of Abu Bakr's uh, killing um, through that same process of going through the Shura Council and um, apparently satisfying some core criteria, battlefield experience, Jewish potential qualifications, a Qureshi tribal lineage. And that process is designed to bring stability and resiliency over time. And when you contrast that with Al-Qaeda, you can really see the difference, I guess, between um, what the Islamic State is trying to achieve through its leadership succession practices and that instability that has come um, in Al-Qaeda uh, really ever since um, bin Laden was, was killed. Um, and, and, and I think that this is a process that we can look to continue uh, in, into the future as its leaders are kind of knocked off over time. Well, thanks for uh, talking with me, Herero. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, hopefully we get some good feedback.